It's the Wex Appeal Podcast. Barbells, beats, and buffoonery. Three, two, one, go! Here we go. Dope conversations. Damn, that's my gang is con. Where fitness, pop culture, and a lot of random buffoonery collide. I'm coming for you. It's ridiculous, really. Hashtag space work. But amusing. Wax, you, you laugh least at me, so you get to go next. <laughs> Here's your host, Wax. I was going to say I blacked out during the explanation. <laughs> I just heard space work. And we are here for another episode of the Wex Appeal Podcast. I am your host, Wex. Thank you for joining us. If you're new to the show, thank you for being here. If you have listened to the show uh, from the beginning or you've been with us for a long time, thank you for sticking around. As a reward, as you've heard on Instagram or on the last episode, it is the three-year anniversary. September marked three years as a podcast. We're now in October. I'm wearing my spooky shirt, my, uh, my skulls, my sugar skulls. But it is now October, but September marked three years as a podcast, and uh, thank you for being on the journey with us. And as a thank you, my sponsors have gotten together and done a gigantic prize package. So if you want to get entered to win, let me tell you, give you the rundown uh, of everything that we've got in this prize package. We've got Strong Coffee coming in with three different things of, of coffee. They're bringing you the French vanilla, the mocha, the black coffee, a coffee mug, which their mugs are awesome and a coffee foamer, like the, the, the mixer, like the motorized mixer, which is a necessity for anything that you mix in your beverages. It's fantastic. The other thing that we have going on is with Blackout Barbell. Blackout Barbell is also going to give you a prize package that is a pair of shorts, a shirt, socks, a hat, and a weightlifting belt, all of your choice. You get to go and choose, and uh, they're gonna hook you up with a huge prize pack, and then Thunderbro, who I am sponsored with and who I'm working out with, is doing a giveaway of two of their books, the um, Hypertrophy Finisher's Bible and the 90 Day Shred Challenge book, as well as a t-shirt and the heel wedge to help you take your squat, squat game to the next level. So that package is well over $600 when it comes to like um, value and get on it so how do you enter all you have to do is go to my instagram and follow along all four of those pages my instagram wex appeal podcast at instagram strong coffee company blackout barbell which is blackout underscore xx underscore barbell i know it's a lot but there's a link right in in the post thunderbro which is t-h-u-n-d-r-b-r-o all those on instagram go and follow like the post share the post, and tag somebody in the comments. The more we get the word out there, uh, this contest is going on until October 15th. So get out there, get posting, share, like, comment, tag your friends, do all that, and we are giving it all away to you. For Thank you for being with us for three years or just listening for the first time. Today's episode I'm very excited about. Um, we had Don Fall on the episode. He is the CEO of CrossFit. He is the man in charge, the man in the chair. And uh, he is the one that is uh, you know, helping steer CrossFit in a direction that I know we all want it to go because we all want CrossFit to succeed and we want the CrossFit Games to be bigger than ever. We want it to be a, you know, recognized as a real sport and like all the things we talked about in this episode are very important and very timely. 
We talked about the move to Fort Worth. We talked about reaching the goal of 30 million um, members and affiliates. We talked about um, him versus Dave Castro in the open last year. We talked about everything. Um, but check it out. I really hope that you enjoy it. I had a great time talking to, to Don. He is one of the nicest guys. I got to meet him for the very first time in person at Wadapalooza. He was the first person I, I ran into when I stepped on the grounds at, at Madison this year. Uh, just a great guy, and you can hear his heart and passion behind everything that they're doing. So I really hope that you listen to this, this uh, episode and hear the questions that I threw out there. I didn't throw softball questions. I tried to ask questions that would kind of open the door to other things and see if we could get some answers on some stuff. Um, some things he could answer, some things he couldn't. But we put it out there, and I feel like it was a great episode. So I hope that you guys enjoy it. Ladies and gentlemen, my guest today, Mr. Don Fall. All right, so we are live here on the Wexfield Podcast on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, and uh, doing the thing live online. And uh, if anybody is is out there and joining us, thank you for coming to the show. My guest today, we'll jump right into it. It says Don on there, but that's like the the little short. It is Don Fall, the CEO of CrossFit, is back on the show. This is your second time on the show, so welcome back to the Wexfield Podcast, and thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me back. Absolutely. Listen, there's an open invitation anytime, anytime you want to come on. Um, I guess the very first question, um, I'm going to go back to a question that I actually should have asked you um, at the CrossFit Games. We talked about it after the press conference, and I should have asked this question, but the first time you were on the show uh, at Wadapalooza, we were talking about coming into the open. Mm -hmm. And you had told me that, you know, in the office, it gets a little heated as far as like, you know, competition, you know, friendly competition and that the person you were gunning for was Dave Castro. Mm. And I noticed that this past year at the open, I believe was one of the first years he has not recorded a single score on the open leaderboard. So since he's not on the show and you are, Tell me I what happened. You get you get to answer it. Well, Tell me what happened. Uh, you know who won. What's the what's the score and what's what's going on for this year? Well, I'll tell you. It's uh, it's a great question. I wish Dave was here to answer. I'm sure. Uh, you know, we'll hear about it from him after the fact. On oh, we'll, we'll clip this. Down, but... We'll clip this and tag it and and put it on the put it on the Instagram yeah. and. I guess, I guess what I'll say is I think that it's probably not coincidental that this year you know, the first year he hasn't participated in a while happens to coincide with the year where he and I were going head to head. So, you know, you draw your own conclusions. Gotcha. So did he do the workout? I, it's a, I think he did the workouts, but we're going to have to get the response from Dave. Gotcha. Score to be, to be determined. You know, he may have done the workout, looked at my scores and, you know, been a little bashful about posting them. So <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, well, you know, we did talk a lot at, you know, at Wadapalooza. We had a great conversation, had a great time there. Are you planning on going back this year? I'm uh, not sure yet. So still okay. working out the uh, travel schedule. Gotcha. Um, well, I will be there again with the, uh, with the podcast and managing the podcast stage. So again, oh. open invitation. If you want to come and, and hang out with us over there, we'll be more than happy to have you. But one of the things we talked about was your mission with CrossFit when you came on was to reach and refresh me on numbers because I, I didn't write that down. But it's what is the number that we're trying to reach for CrossFit? Yeah. So I think broadly, I think, you know, more importantly, the number per se is 
um, you know, our primary goal is just to expand our impact and expand our reach. So, you know, you look at where we are today, you know, we are over 20 years in now, which is incredible. Um, and, you know, we've touched CrossFit's touched millions of people and that's pretty amazing. There's not a whole heck of a lot of other, um, you know, organizations that have had that type of impact in our space and that have been around for, for, you know, over two decades. Um, and I think that speaks to the impact that we've had. At the same time, you know, when we look at the opportunity for us, um, you know, and really what's possible, as many people as we've reached, there's a, a whole set of folks who have not heard of CrossFit and they have misperceptions of CrossFit. And, and look, we measure, you know, the thing that gets us up every day and gets to society, which I think same thing that motivates, you know, all of our owners and coaches in the community is helping people and changing lives. And so, you know, when we look out, you know, five, six, seven, 10 years from now, um, we will evaluate our success by the number of people, uh, number of lives that we've changed and the impact we've had on their life. So we have set a, you know, a goal of getting to 30 million, um, you know, and that is a, you know, one moment in time. I think our, actually our opportunity is much, much bigger than that. When you look at, you know, what we would say is our addressable market, the number of folks out there who would benefit from CrossFit. And so that milestone is something that we're working against. So figuring out, you know, what are the things that we need to do? to lay the foundation to get there, to reach more people and have a more, even more profound impact on their life. Gotcha. And what are some of those things that, that you guys are reaching out and doing? Um, yeah, there are, I have yeah. some ideas and questions of, of things that I want to kind of, you know, buzz past you as far as, you know, outreach for CrossFit, but I'm curious as to, to know like the details of, of like, what are we doing as, you know, as a company, of course, mm -hmm. also leveraging the CrossFit games and, you know, all the, you know, all the points that you have to be able to touch people. Yeah. So, you know, for us, that translates into, you know, a series of things that, that we're focused on. And so I'd start with, I think one of the bigger things that we need to do is really shift the way that people perceive CrossFit. We've talked about this for yeah. some time. Um, we have, there are misperceptions out there that uh, limit people, you know, who could benefit from CrossFit from trying it, right? CrossFit's dangerous, CrossFit's intimidating, I need to get in shape first. And so we're really trying to change that perception. And we're doing that through media, through marketing, through our partnerships, trying to reach more people, um, trying to elevate stories of everyday people, um, you know, who's, who's, you know, lives have been changed through CrossFit. Um, so that's a, that's a really big thing. Sport is a part of that strategy because we use sport as the opportunity to get CrossFit in front of people. So, you know, this year we, we signed a partnership with ESPN to, to broadcast the games, amazing opportunity for us to, to reach a lot of people in a lot of markets who have not been exposed to CrossFit yet, and then make sure that the, the way they experience CrossFit is one that motivates them to, to, you know, find their local affiliate. So that's one big bucket of work is how do we start to shape and evolve the perception of the brand to make CrossFit feel more approachable, more relevant for someone who's not experienced it yet. Gotcha. The second thing we're working on is look, we know the magic of CrossFit comes to life inside of our affiliates. That's, that's where things happen. So our job is, is, you know, to get people in the front door and then that's where, you know, that transformation starts with our affiliate owners, and with our coaches. And so, you know, in that vein, we are looking at what more can we do to support creating really healthy, uh, really high impact affiliates all around the world. So we've got 13,000 gyms. We've been working really hard over the course of the last year investing in our relationship with those gyms. So we've got these incredible entrepreneurial, independent, mission-driven owners who get up every day and invest their time and their energy in helping people. What we've been really looking at is what are the things that we can do 
to empower them to have a bigger impact, to reach more people, to run a more successful business so they can invest more time and energy in, in, in impacting more lives. So that focus for us is building stronger, more sustainable affiliates who can do the, the, the important work. The third piece for us is on the education front. So, you know, we know that inside the affiliate, you know, when it comes down to it, people's experience is shaped by their coach, right? So, yeah. you know, how welcome they feel when they walk in the front door, the quality of coaching that keeps them motivated, that shows them progress, that helps them understand how to get up the learning curve as they start to experience, that keeps them coming back every day, that shapes that amazing culture that exists within the gym that is so unique to CrossFit. We've been looking at what are the things that we can do to make it easier for our coaches to invest in refining their craft. So, you know, we've talked about our requirement, minimum requirement for coaches is a level one. And the level one is amazing. It's awesome. But it is certainly not, you do not walk out of your level one uh, on Sunday afternoon uh, as an expert in your craft. It's really the start of the journey. And so we've been looking at how do we make it easier for more of our coaches to invest more in their education and refining their craft so they can have an even bigger impact uh, on their members. Finally, I'll, I'll say come back to um, come back to sport. So um, sport for us will remain really important. So it, mm -hmm. it's this incredible asset that we have that most companies in our position don't have that allows us to bring our community together. I think you know you and I were hung out last at the games. It's such an energizing moment for our community to come together to to meet each other, to hang out, to experience and celebrate the games. It also is this incredible tool that we have to reach a lot of people. And so we've been thinking really hard about how do we continue to build on what we have with the games in a way that allows us to reach more people and reach them most importantly with a message again that, that motivates them, that doesn't just say, wow, that's amazing and cool, but I could never do that. I could never lift that type of weight. That's incredible. We actually want, you know, the message we need to reach people with is, holy cow, that's incredible and inspirational. And how amazing is it that there's a version of that that I can experience as well. It can have an impact on my life. So we've been working hard on that as well. Gotcha. And I know the partnership with with ESPN was a was a big deal, but it was also a, a very late, you know, a, a very late deal, um, literally the night before the game started. And, you know, so what are we looking at in into the future with that as mm -hmm. far as getting the voice out there? Um, I, I would love to be watching Monday sure. Night Football and see a CrossFit commercial. Yeah, you and it, you know the thing, things like that. You know, we want to make sure that you know. I'm asking as far as ESPN being, you know, a one way a one way street. Are they are they helping us, or you know, are we you know profiting both ways? As far as you know, yeah, they're helping us by getting us out there. But is there a partnership when it comes to you know commercial deals or you know getting the getting the message out there? Is that part of the package as well of being able to put content? on there in the off season to then drive people back to, you know, the affiliates, not necessarily the sport. Yeah. So you are, so our deal with ESPN, you're right. It was uh, the opportunity. We had been working really hard on it. The opportunity presented itself pretty late in the season, but we thought it was uh, impactful enough that we wanted to give it a go. We literally, we had a press conference, I think on Wednesday of the games. And I think we signed the contract 45 minutes before the press conference. So Needless to say, I was sweating a little bit, uh, but but we got it done under the wire. And that was amazing. So, you know, that platform for us, for all obvious reason, preeminent platform in sports allows us to reach a lot. I think in terms of elevating the brand and being able to say CrossFit is, is uh, you know, being shared on the very highest stage, great for us. 
the flip side of the coin, to be honest, is, you know, when you sign a deal 45 minutes, we didn't have a whole heck of a lot of time to promote it and elevate it and get in front yeah. of people. And, and so, you know, we missed out this year on some of that opportunity. We announced it late, et cetera. So that for us is um, the beginning of a deal for us. Um, we're going to have a lot more time now going into next season to be much more thoughtful about how we plan. And so um, we have, there are some really simple things that we started with, which we do some collaboration on social where we're creating stories together. They're distributing them. You know, our most successful story from the games was, was the moment with Roman and, and, you know, with the double unders and, and that got incredible reach on ESPN social channels, reaching a lot of people who had not been exposed to CrossFit. As we look at next year, what I'd say is this will be a multi-year kind of strategy that we build on. So really broadly, again, ESPN gives us an amazing partner. Our job is, is to make sure we deliver an experience that drives engagement with our core audience. We do that on their, their live channels, on their linear channels. We also do that through ESPN Plus uh, and some of their other platforms. And then what they help us with is reach and distribution. So we'll look to build some of that involves... Um, we have the opportunity to use some of the ad inventory that runs during during those events. Mm-hmm. And, and we've got the ability to use that ad inventory in a way that best serves our goals. And then they benefit from it as well. So what I would expect to see is you'll see an evolution of that next year um, where we get the opportunity to reach more people, um, do a better job of shaping our message, drive more people to ESPN so they can experience it. Our numbers this year were already good kind of surprisingly good candidly given how little time we had to promote it. So expect much better things next year. Awesome. And I'm going to go to the chat because there's a couple questions that were, uh, that cool. were great. Uh, Tomas asked, when do they, when do you expect to have more affiliates affiliates than over, you know, more affiliates than ever 15,000 yeah. plus. Oh yeah. So we are, so we peaked in terms of affiliate numbers in, I believe it was 2018. I think if you go back and look at the historicals, mm-hmm. um, obviously COVID had a pretty big impact on the overall on, on the industry, candidly, broadly, and it certainly impacted CrossFit. Yep. Um, uh, I don't know, you know, if I look at straight line, given our current growth rate, I don't have a good number off the top of my head uh, in terms of of when we're on a path to get to, to 15,000. What I will say is kind of two things, though, is is one, um, we are growing. So Coming out of COVID, actually, we shrunk and then our retention wasn't great. And, and our top of funnel growth of new affiliates wasn't as strong as it had been. We had certain markets, international markets, where we were seeing good growth. Korea, for example, has been a really has been our fastest growing market. We had not been seeing growth in in for a few years in markets like the United States, our most saturated market. We're now growing in, in almost all of our markets around the world. So that's been really positive within the past year or so. What I, so, so we are on a path to get back there. What I will say is for us now, the primary goal in the affiliate ecosystem isn't more affiliates. It's really stronger, more sustainable, healthier affiliates. I actually think for us, if we had to trade between getting to 15,000 affiliates, had fewer members and maybe not as strong a business and being in the ballpark of where we are with modest growth, but having affiliates who had 25% more members, a stronger foundation, um, a stronger business that they can use to reinvest in the experience. We're much more focused on the latter. And that's not to say that we aren't pushing on growing more affiliates, but the focus is really on on making sure we do a better job supporting our existing affiliates. Gotcha. Um, what are some things you're doing? So, you know, you talked about working with the affiliates to make them stronger and, and build that, but is there any type of partnership that you're doing outside of the CrossFit community and CrossFit space 
that is helping to you know push the narrative back to crossfit i know yeah. um at the games i met people from high rocks i met people from you know spartan was there as a as a vendor um has there any been any talk as far as like partnering with those and then also kind of a piggyback to that partnering with certain celebrities that are in the space that can somehow you know bring the attention back uh, you know right off the bat i'm a huge wrestling fan um got to actually meet seth rollins at the crossfit games which cool. was blew my mind um <laughs> but like partnering with people like that who he does own an affiliate he you know him and, yeah. and joshy g have dead boys fitness but partnering with somebody that's a big name like that and i know there's there's you know conflict when it comes to their contracts with wwe yep. and things like that but using partnerships and, and people who are already invested in the space that are known yep. to get it out to a demographic that we would not normally see that because they follow you know let's say wrestling for instance for sure. Yeah. So, um, you absolutely, this is something we've been both thinking about and working on and, you know, on the, what I'll say is on the partnership side. So we have for a long time had, had partners in CrossFit, right? Reebok early on was one of our biggest ones that's evolved over time. I'd say historically, you know, over the last few years, our predominant focus for partners has been supporting kind of our financial goals. Um, mm -hmm. we're expanding that. That is important. Um, that is a, a big part of how we fund the games and, and fund the sport ecosystem. But with that, we are also increasingly looking at, you know, making sure partners are a great fit for our brand and our ethos. Like, do we actually align with and care about the same set of principles? And then are there partners where uh, they can help us grow and we can help them grow? So there's this nice, you know, the optimal partner for us has strong overlap with a lot of opportunity on both sides. Um, I think one of our better examples of this is, is our partnership with Jocko. So um, we signed a partnership with Jocko probably about six months ago now. Um, Jocko obviously has a, a really big following um, broadly uh, within the Brazilian jiu-jitsu space as well. That's, an I think, an audience where there's really good alignment in terms of ethos and brand and principles. And so that's been super successful for us on a number of dimensions. He's got a big audience that we can expose to CrossFit and the CrossFit ecosystem. I mean, we saw this at the games. Um, really excited about him being a part of it. Uh, we're looking at some other uh, other partnerships in a similar vein. Um, and then on the, I, I'd say on the celebrity side, you know, uh, Seth's amazing and folks like that are perfect. The most important thing we want to start with, and I think you touched on this, is we want to make sure that anything we do there is really authentic, right? There's mm -hmm. a lot of, I think, brands where we'll sign a partnership and it's pretty obvious to everyone that, that, the influencer doesn't necessarily, that person doesn't necessarily care about. They're getting a check, they produce some content and they go their merry way. Like we'll never do that. It doesn't work. Um, so it's really for us finding, the good news is there are folks like Seth out there. There are actors and athletes and other folks who love CrossFit, who do CrossFit. And so we're exploring some of those right now. We've got a few things coming up this fall where we're looking to see if um, we can uh, uh, align with some folks who have a meaningful following on things with CrossFit that they can promote to their audience. That's awesome. Um, I was just recently at a uh, CrossFit sanctioned competition in Tampa. It was actually the week after the games, the uh, Tampa Bay games, and it was the Fit Fest as well. Cool. Um, so the, the Fit Fest is a fitness festival. And in this expo hall, in, right in the center was the Tampa Bay games. But then all the way around it, you had a jujitsu jujitsu competition going on, an Olympic weightlifting competition. Strongman, they had. Um, I'm trying to think, they had strongman. They had a bodybuilding um, platform at the very front where they did a competition. 
uh, and it was incredible seeing all the different methodologies coming together and being able to see all this other stuff, which was really cool for me being from CrossFit, being able to look across the aisle and see jujitsu and be like, Oh dude, that's cool. I want to, you know, I want to, I want to roll around and try that or seeing the powerlifting or the strongman and, and all these different methodologies that I can adapt to what I'm doing. Um, I'm currently on the Thunderbro program with uh, Dave Lipson. So cool. I'm, I'm doing that, you know, kind of the body. It's paying dividends. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you saw me from the games, I'm down like 20 pounds. Good for you. So, man. I mean, so cool. use using the aesthetics of bodybuilding training, as well as the functionality of CrossFit and blending the two together to make it just an, it's been, it's been a great journey for me. And then of course, also, you know, not eating like an asshole helps. Um, <laughs> so, well, that's cool. That, that event sounds amazing. And, um, you know, we've got, uh, we've worked with Goer up for, for some time. They run an event called, um, Sandlot Jacks where they do something really similar. It's kind of a fitness festival and we had a, a little bit of a presence. We're going to have a bigger presence coming up next year. And, and exactly to, to your point, I think the, being able to see these different, uh, uh, methodologies and options um, with uh, an audience that has, um, you know, I, I think a really consistent ethos and point of view. It's it's super cool to be a part of it and a great way for us to work with other folks in the space who are doing interesting things. Yeah. And, and it was cool because the Tampa Bay Games was the center. Um, everything was centered around that as being a CrossFit sanctioned event, um, had the, you know, the CrossFit name on it and everything. And people could go and watch and see it. You know, so all these guys who, you know, in those different methodologies might say, oh, it's dangerous. It's this, it's this, it's this. Listen, I can go to any one of those different spots and tell you what's dangerous about each one of them if they're done wrong, if they're done incorrectly. If you ask a power lifter about deadlifting, he's going to tell you, you know, a thousand ways they're, they're doing it wrong and how, you know, if you do it right, you can do this. Um, same with jujitsu, same with Olympic weightlifting. I mean, it all just kind of plays in. There's no risk more or less from one to the other. So it's cool that they get to see us in that stage and we also get to see them. So that kind of, that kind of scenario was cool because I, I got introduced to, um, Julius Maddox, CT Fletcher. Um, some of the big, you know, those guys are just absolute monsters doing, you know, seven, 800 pound bench press and just legends in the sport. I would have never talked to them, you know, it, it really been intimidated to talk to them. And if not for this event, and, you know, being able to talk to them and, and kind of get to know where they came from and just seeing everything play back and forth. You've got, you know, these guys talking to, you know, these fitness models, talking to, you know, power lifters and strongmen. It was just, it was just a great time all around. So I, I love the blend of taking CrossFit to other methodologies and seeing how all that, all that plays in. Very cool. um, one thing I did want to touch on as far as with that mission to reach people, have you heard, um, have you heard about what's going on at CrossFit Kenosha and, uh, the head coach or owner Joe Nels? Yeah. I, so I met Joe, uh, I can't remember which event it was, but he, I got a chance to meet him. Um, and then actually I actually just saw one of his videos this past week of the work he's doing, I think 30 days and, and basically mm -hmm. showing how he gets after it and kind of generating leads and new members. Yeah. Is it like, so what's, I mean, what's your thoughts? I didn't know Great if you've seen it or not. I mean, he's. Yeah, I've, I'll be honest. I've only seen one or two. I've seen two. I think I've watched two of the, the episodes so far. Um, and actually, you know, talking to our team about, hey, how do we amplify this and get it in front of? It's amazing, uh, amazing content. Look, my thoughts are the beauty of, and and I think one of the things that we, the beauty of this this community that we have is we have people like Joe who are getting after it and trying stuff. 
and coming up with ways um, uh, to, to, to grow their membership, to get CrossFit out there, to talk about the brand. You know, to some degree, the beauty of CrossFit and the flexibility we give our owners is that you've got kind of 13,000 experiments around the world of folks who are doing different things. And um, I think we, like one of our jobs, I think, is when you have someone like Joe who steps up and does something that, that has real meaningful impact, we got to figure out how do we get that in front of more owners? Like what an amazing thing that it, the onus doesn't have to be on us to figure that stuff out. We've got these really thoughtful, creative entrepreneurial uh, affiliate owners who are doing it. So love it. Um, again, I've seen two episodes. I, I you know look forward to, to watching more of them, but I think for us, the opportunity is how do we get that in front of more people? Yeah. There, and there was just recently an episode with, um, with Hiller. Uh, that that he posted and um like you, you can't really tell from the title uh it's like in a world full of, full of um hillers be a bryce or something i think is the is the name of the the video but he, it's him at the affiliate at kenosha talking to him and like walking through why is he doing what he's doing mm. and how is he doing it and they actually went out and you know talked to people in grocery stores and his goal was to get you know one person every day for 30 days and he actually challenged other affiliates to do the same thing. So any way we can, you know, get that out there to promote, you know, what he's doing, I think is, is good for, for us as a, you know, as a community, but especially for, you know, just for CrossFit in general. One thing that, um, you kind of actually, we'll jump into a little games, games talk. Cause there's okay. a whole bunch, there's a whole bunch of rapid fire questions that, that, uh, you know, and I, I actually talked to Boz, uh, probably about a week before the announcement. And he was, you know, of course, very tight lipped, you know, with everything that was, was going on, rightfully so. Um, so one of the, and Tomas is like throwing off some, firing off some great questions. Is, <laughs> is the CrossFit Games in Fort Worth only in 2024? Um, or is there a long-term deal? Or are we looking at, you know, seeing how this year goes and seeing if we're going to go somewhere else or stay there? So um, nothing new to share on that front right now. So and I suspect for a bunch of these questions about the future of the games, that'll probably unfortunately be my answer. I don't want to, uh, we're, we try to be as thoughtful as we can about kind of when and how we communicate this stuff. Yep. Um, so yeah, we're super fired up. I got a chance to go down to Fort Worth about a month ago, actually. And we got a chance to meet with uh, some of the city officials there. We got to see the, ve the venue is amazing. It's awesome. We have an amazing affiliate community in Texas. So it's going to be really awesome. And so our focus right now is like, is just making sure the experience there is amazing for everybody. Speaking on the experience, that was actually one of the questions that I originally um, kind of thought of. I saw an interview recently with with Castro where he went on a podcast and he said, you know, 95% of it's going to be indoors. Yep. Um, that's kind of open-ended. That doesn't necessarily mean the Dickey Arena because I know there are hmm. other locations around, you know, around yep. the venue. Um, but in the past, at least with Madison, it's been, you know, there was complaints at Madison just in general about the access to the Coliseum versus festival. Yep. And does that being 95% indoors change the experience and dynamic of being able to have that festival activity, but also having an indoor event and, you know, obviously having to limit what, you know, who and what you can allow in indoors because of the fact that, you know, seats are, are what they are. Yeah. So a few things I'll say here, because the some of these decisions around how we think about venues and design and all that, there's a bunch of things that we kind of try to balance and that some of which were not obvious to me as, as I was kind of learning and getting up to speed here. And some of this is tied to where we want to go in the future. So, you know, we are going to Fort Worth next year. We're super fired up. We would like to, in general, 
uh, give ourselves more flexibility to bring the games to more places around the world. So, you know, we had been Madison for six years. We had been Carson for a long time before that. We have this incredible global community and being able to bring the, the games to uh, uh, different communities around the world, I think is really important and, and really good for the overall community and ecosystem. And so if we think about that, as we think about, hey, how do we get to international? How do we get to Europe at some point? How do we get to Asia? How do we maybe get to Australia at some point? Um, there are constraints associated with, if we look at the setup in a Madison or in a Carson, where you have a requirement for a large outdoor field type complex, plus an indoor coliseum, close enough to promote uh, effective movement back and forth and create, you really rule out a whole host of places around the world where you say, if those are the hard constraints, you can't bring CrossFit, you can't bring the games to most of the world. And so we've looked at that and said, okay, for us, it's really important that we give ourselves the opportunity to bring the games, but let's just say to start with outside the US, like that sure. is really important to us. So um, we then look and say, okay, one of the big constraints associated with that is this facilities constraint. So we are, what we'd like to do is to some degree, reduce the complexity of our facility constraint while being able to deliver this incredible experience for all of our fans, for all of our athletes, for all of our owners. So um, that gives you a little bit of a sense. Part of going to Fort Worth for us is going to allow us to figure out how to learn how we deliver an extraordinary experience with a slightly different format. So more of it will be indoors. Um, what I'll say is we've spent a bunch of time there already looking at facilities um, on the location at Dickey's in the surrounding area to make sure that we can be thoughtful about how do we deliver an amazing experience for the athletes on the floor and for spectators who are viewing the events to how do we create that festival environment where people have the opportunity to be with each other, to spend time in the vendor space, to do workouts as part of the community. How do we create a special place for our affiliate owners? That's been a big investment in the last couple of years yeah. where they can be together, where we can do educational work. Um, and so all of that is on the agenda. Um, all of that is part of the plan. And what we're working through now, we're confident in assessing and looking at the facilities there that it can support it. It'll okay. look and feel a little bit different. Every location does, um, but we feel really good about being able to create that experience for everybody. Listen, I'm not complaining about air conditioning. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm not complaining about 95. Oh, don't worry. You know. You'll get exposed to a little bit of the heat there. So yeah. don't worry about it. It's good. I mean, there, there, there is that, that stadium that is like literally, you know, it's not even, I, I, and I don't know, I'm just looking at it on a, on a Google map sheet, but that stadium is not far away. I would love for a, you know, a Friday night lights, you know, a, a nighttime event that's actually outdoors. I think that would be just fun, but that's just, yeah, that's okay. just me throwing, kicking things around. <laughs> um, one other question in regards to, you know, of course, the games in the season. Um, when are we looking at uh, as far as semifinal locations and, and that announcement? I know nothing has been announced, so it's probably, you know, but what's the kind of the timeline as far as that's concerned? Yeah, so we're working on final details for that stuff now. So we've got some more coming. Our goal in general is we want to get these announcements out the door as soon as we possibly can because athletes and owners and fans need to plan. And so um we are looking at our goal is in the uh weeks ish to month ish plus time frame without completely pinning it down so i'll say the sure. team's working on it now so our goal is to get it out to our relatively soon okay um one thing that i've been curious about and I, I i'm going to give i'm going to give credit and criticism in in both areas on this um <laughs> communication communication yeah. this past year has been better 
then it hasn't passed as far as the, the previous year with as far as rolling things out, you know, getting a, you know, rule book, getting the season schedule, the season structure and everything, you know, together a, a lot earlier last year than it had been in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, so kudos to that. But what still seems to happen is, is that it feels like the, the CrossFit community is, is almost sitting there hanging on every word, trying to be like, come on, come on. Like, it just feels like you cannot communicate enough to get to a, you know, a place where there's a balance where, you know, where even if there's nothing new, letting us know that there's nothing new or, Hey, this is a timeline expect, you know, this is, this is what we have. Cause obviously you've run businesses, you know, you have a timeline in your head of when you want certain announcements to be made. And if you get up to that timeline and it's not time for that announcement to be, Hey, we've, you know, run into a couple of bumps in the road. We can't officially announce anything, but we're going to push it back another two to four weeks. Have you guys thought about having, for lack of a better term, like a press secretary for CrossFit that basically gives weekly briefings that, you know, gives kind of a, a state of the union address, not just even on the games, but as, as as far as CrossFit as a whole, in an effort to get communication a little bit more streamlined and, and out there to the public? Because, and, and I, I back that up with, there's a lot of popularity around Castro's Week in Review. Yep. They love his week in review because he, he gets up there, he talks, he tells you what he can tell you. He doesn't tell you what he can't tell you. But for the company, I, I feel like you would need somebody other than Dave doing that. Or, yeah. or, or maybe it should be somebody other than Dave doing that. Yeah. Any, any thoughts around kind of that? Yeah, I think it's vomit of, of ideas. No, that no, no, no. <laughs> it makes, well, makes total sense. And actually, this is... Um, uh, look, I think it's completely fair criticism here. I, I think, you know, historically for us, we've not done a great job communicating. We've not been as as proactive. Um, I, I think there's a lot of things that we've changed late um, with, uh, you know, and at times creating uh, challenges or, or constraints for folks, whether it's in the sports season or even just giving the community a sense for, hey, how are we thinking about the evolution of CrossFit and the work we're doing on the marketing side or how we're thinking about the affiliate ecosystem and the role that we play there. I, I think it's completely fair to critique us and say, we have not done a good enough job being really rigorous and, and systematic and consistent about it. And so we have, there are some things that we've, we've done over the course of the past year that I do think are, are steps in the right direction, but um, you know, full stop, we are not where we need to be on this. And I do think we've talked a little bit about like, what's the right format and venue. I do, you know, candidly, I like, um, I, I think Dave's weekly review is, is organic and informal um, in a way that actually I think is, is really great. And just says, Hey, here's what's top of mind. Here's what we're hearing. Here's what we're thinking about. Um, and whether it's a format like that or, or something that's slightly different, I do think it's, it's, um, we need to figure out how we um, do a better job broadly um, uh, with communicating. And, and there's some things that we just got to get a little tighter around, around, hey, do we have one that's specific to affiliate owners? Do we have a separate one that's specific for sport? Is there one, or we just do we just do a broad, a broad one that, that captures the entirety of it? Um, that's on us to figure out. And uh, Dave does a great job with it. We got to figure out who's the right person to do that for the company. So we are making some changes. Um, on the affiliate side. So we used to do kind of a monthly newsletter and we're going to make that a little bit, we're going to elevate that a little bit more into kind of a business update. Hey, what are we thinking about? And what are the things that the problems that we're working on over the next course of the next six months, we tried to 
do more of that at affiliate gatherings where we can do it in person and videotape it and distribute it so that, that the community can hear the context behind decisions, not just we changed X, but hey, here's what we're trying to solve for. Um, here's what we think success looks like. Here's why we're making those changes. So uh, we need to do better on it. We just hired a CMO. So, so we have been looking for someone to lead marketing for us. We had someone join actually about six weeks ago now. So he's kind of ramping up. And this is one of the things that's on the slate for us to, to do a better job with. Okay. And, and similar to, you know, kind of the position of a press secretary is kind of having somebody, is there somebody in the organi organization that I don't want to see, you know, nobody wants yes men for, for everything. You know, you got to hear that no every once in a while or, or, or have, have nobody likes to be questioned, but do you have people in the organization that when an idea is brought out, it's their job to basically poke holes in it? and say, okay, you know, hey, great idea. However, I feel like the community might say, and maybe not their opinion, but the community historically is probably going to say, this sucks, this sucks, this sucks. Mm -hmm. You know, how do we answer this in a way that's going to answer those questions without, you know, like, without, you know, bowing down to the trolls that are just going to, you know, crap on everything you say. Mm -hmm. um, but people who are passionate about the sport, because this is a community that is that is super passionate about not only the methodology but also of course the sport mm -hmm. do you have somebody that's there to basically just kind of poke holes and ideas to say you know not saying that it's wrong but hey this could go wrong this could go wrong this could go wrong and how do we address that before we get to a situation um where you know there there can before we can be criticized for it let's mm -hmm. criticize ourselves before we get to that point yeah so i think first like Part of what we've been trying to to work on is i in my opinion everyone in our team should have that responsibility so like all we should have an environment internally where we can say hey we're thinking about let's make something up where we take the games next year and someone comes in with hey i think so and so city is a great idea um we're going to get the best outcomes if everyone who's a part of that dialogue can raise their hand and say hey don you proposed this city, I think that's a terrible idea for X, Y, and Z reasons. And so now I'll be honest, we have, we are not yet in a place yet where I think we have created the conditions internally where everybody feels comfortable doing that. Like that, that's actually quite a hard thing for people to say, particularly if it's someone in a position of authority who says, I think we should go here. It's hard for someone on the team to raise their hand and say, I think you're totally wrong and here's why. So I think we're making really good progress on this. There's some things that we've been working on actually over the course of the last month or two where we have meaningfully changed our approach because folks on our team who are spending time with our customers on the ground raise their hand and say, gosh, this feels off guys and here's why. So that's that's one. And like, again, we're making progress. We're not where we need to be yet and working hard. And what I, for me, what's really important to me is for us as our leaders within the company have to model this and create the conditions where people feel comfortable, where, where people are not afraid to challenge us um, um, in service of getting better ideas. Um, the second thing on this is, is we are um, part, everything we do in this needs to be informed by what we're seeing and hearing in the community. So if we're making a change that affects our affiliate owners, um, our job is to go out and get input from owners and try to get representative input from our community to understand, hey, if we're going to do X, you know, what is our sense for what the impact that's going to have on the community? Let's kind of validate that and stress test that. The good news is we have a ton of owners as part of our team. Um, but also we need to get outside that bubble as well. So we try to talk to other owners. We try to do the same thing for coaches. Um, 
the the other piece that I would say is we do have a little bit of this delicate. Um, you touched on this. There are a few decisions that we make that are going to get universal uh, alignment around, and yeah. we um, and candidly, like there are going to be some decisions that we make that I think are the right one for the community that actually may be unpopular when we make them. And um, I think for us, we have to, our job is to communicate the why in the context and really stress test our thinking around it. So that even if the community is like, I hate that decision, um, but I understand why. Yeah. I understand why they did it. I would make a different one, but at least it makes sense to me. That's our responsibility. And at times I think we got to have the conviction and it's hard. We got to have the conviction to make some of those decisions that that we know might be unpopular but but that we believe are the right thing for the community and then we got to explain it well yeah and i mean for recent you know recent reference fort worth obviously everybody was like it's going to be a thousand degrees outside this is a horrible idea yeah. everybody talking that but i'm i'm under the impression that i also said the same thing like when it moved to madison is like where why totally this is, this is a horrible idea and but now you know, with it all in the rear view being like, man, we love Madison. Madison is a great city. They Madison were fantastic. They were amazing. Um, so hold judgment until we see what goes down in Fort Worth. Uh, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of, you know, what, what, what the, the approach that I take is like, okay, yeah, Fort Worth, not ideal and not where I would have picked myself, you know, if I was looking at a map, but let's see what, what we can do and, and, and what Fort Worth can do to make this a, an experience for everybody. Yeah. And again, I, I think, I think you're right. Like if, if we had gone by the pick something that everybody's happy about, we never would have gone, we couldn't go anywhere. Yeah. yeah. People complained about parts of Carson. Like we look back on it with romanticizing it, but there were elements there that were not, it was amazing, but there were elements that were not perfect. It was pretty darn hot there as well. Right. So, so for us, again, I think in decisions like this, we've got, what I hope is that folks will ask, gosh, head scratcher. How'd you guys decide that? And they ask us, or better, proactively, we say, hey, guys, we're going to Fort Worth. We are incredibly fired up. We think this is going to be amazing. That's why we made the call. Here's why. Here are the things that are great. And yeah, it's hot. So here's where we're planning to make sure that we can still create an experience for everyone that is really, really amazing. It was cool to see, like, by and large, from what I heard, the feedback and reception of Fort Worth was really positive, actually. Yes, we knew folks were going to say stuff about the heat. Again, there's always going to be trade-offs on that. So, sure. Um, yeah. If you, go too far, if, if you go too far north, it's too cold. If you go too far south, it's too hot. You know. You know, we've, we've looked at we looked about at about every market you could consider, and there are trade-offs in all of them. So, um, Fort Worth's going to be amazing. We're, the more time we spend there, the more excited we are. I had concerns candidly initially about the heat as well, but having gone there and seen the facility and spent time in the city, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be yeah. really great. Love yeah. it. Can you can you elaborate on any of the runners in that in, in that uh, other other cities that were kind of in the mix, or is that kind of you know we're leaving? Yeah, I don't want to do that to, to you know for for the other cities that we talk talk sure. to, but yeah, no worries. Um, the there was one other thing I was going to ask you before we got off the games topic. Um, you know, we talked about semifinals. I, I feel like I, I feel like the the games this year were was was fantastic. I felt like Madison was capped off very well. 
Um, and I feel like the talk was about the performance and not about the programming or, or any of those things. So I, I, I want to, you know, of course, give credit where credit's, go, credit's due. I think the team did an amazing job of making that last year in Madison fantastic and, and, and about the athletes and about the performances as opposed to, oh, well, this event, this event, this thing, you know, this you know, this movement or, or whatever. I felt like it was, it was nice, like right down the fairway as far as, as a, a great event for, uh, for people. Well, thanks for sharing that. And, and yeah, huge hats off to, uh, to, to Dave and to Boz and to Heather and J Mac and, and check our, we have, as you know, you've probably seen like planning and running these events is an insane amount of complexity and detail. And those oh, yeah. guys work super hard to get it all right. So, and, uh, and the amount of volunteers, I, and, I and mean, the volunteers, like, yeah, I was not, there. None of this could happen without them. We're like, it is one of those things that in this community for folks that you try to explain of people who don't go CrossFit, that we have 800 people, 700 people who show up and volunteer their time, moving heavy equipment around, changing signage, working 16, 18 hour days in the heat. It makes no sense, but it is, uh, it just another uh, example of how unique the CrossFit community is. And like our volunteers are amazing. The games could not exist without them. Yeah. So this is my last game question. I, I, I will throw this out <laughs> as my last cool. game question. Um, and probably one I'm not going to get an answer on. I fully expect no answer <laughs> on this one. Um, but given the recent changes kind of in the climate with um, Noble, how is that look is, is, can, can we say that they're going to be around next year for us? Or is, is this something that you're looking at kind of all possibilities for a new, a new title sponsor? Yeah. So we're, yeah, as you anticipated, not something where I can share details as soon as we're ready on that, we will though. So, okay. uh, obviously Noble's been an amazing partner and, and has been incredible. We couldn't in the last few years, they've had such a big impact. So, um, we'll say that. And as soon as we have news, we'll circle back with you guys. Gotcha. Yeah. I, I feel like, I feel like community as a whole, like just with all the changes with Noble this year, there was some, some missteps on their side that, that kind of hurt, you know, their image to, to, uh, to the community anyways, that, uh, you know, as far as like the, you know, kind of a Jersey situation, um, paying athletes and things like that. So that was kind of the, you know, is it, is it, something that's going on with noble that is going to cause us to change course or is it you know something that that's going well you know yeah and what i'll say independent is like you know shit we've had in this community in general lots of ups and downs like you know we can all raise our hands on that front noble for us over the last three years has been an amazing partner and being able to see for they've invested so much they are they've been all in on the crossfit community and so you know, I think all of us like look at, we've all had moments where things have happened, but I'll say, I know have spent so much time with that team and they are so committed to CrossFit and the community and the ecosystem. So, um, you know, very, they'll continue to have a really big impact on the community going forward for okay. sure. Have you had conversations with the new, like with the new ownership yeah. with them? Yeah. Okay. I have. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Great people. Cool. Um, so with your background with, you know, Meta and Google, kind of one of the questions that came up from, you know, from, I, I put it out there, ask your questions and, and things like that. Uh, so someone said, you know, your background with Meta and Google, uh, why has there been little uh, to no visible? And I say, I added visible improvement to the technology side of CrossFit, whether it be the app. I know the, the, the website did change um, mm -hmm. and the website has changed and, and there's been upgrades to the, to the game site. Yep. Uh, but like things like an, an app for CrossFit, the journal coming back, 
uh, you know, basically taking it from an inside the gym to a technological yep. side of the so, coach. Yeah, great question. And there has been a lot of work happening behind the scenes. Um, so I'll touch on like for us, um, I think technology, we're not a, CrossFit's not a technology company. So I came from places that were, but like, it should be a really powerful tool that we can use to connect more people to CrossFit, better support our community um, uh, and kind of scale. We've got this massive footprint internationally and technology should be a really effective way that we can reach more people. And we have a, a lot of work to do with a lot of opportunities. So we, um, there's a lot of work we've been doing um, on our, I'll, I'll forgive me here, I'll get a little, little more into the technical weeds, but I wanna be transparent about the answer. So we have for us, our technology, what we'll, we'll kind of communicate as our, our, describe as our technology stack. So all the legacy technology that we built over the last 15 to 20 years, we've been working on there's a lot of work that needs to be done to upgrade that technology stack so that we can build products quickly. We have something that scales. We can support customers in international markets. We can support international payments. We run courses all over the world. So there's a lot of work that the team has been cranking on to look at how do we make sure we've got modern, scalable, secure software infrastructure that allows us to create great experiences for our members, for coaches, for affiliate owners. We've also been working on, there has been some work on the website itself. So we have been doing a bunch of work on for affiliate owners. One of our goals is doing a better job of connecting people who are interested in CrossFit with members. We had not changed. We have a CrossFit map experience that you can go to as a new member. We hadn't really made any changes to that for quite some time. Over the last four or five months, um, we've been working hard on that. So last two months since the games, we've shipped a number of updates um you'll see that experience changing and the goal there is to make it easier for affiliates to connect with members and for us to hand off a warm lead so new members you can register we've also been working on the member experience so we launched something at the games um in our games app um, that allowed members to update their benchmarks it is small steps but mm -hmm. there'll be successive steps in upgrading that experience so if you fast forward we've got a plan now on the software side that extends 12 to 18 months you'll see improvements in the member experience we've never really had a robust one with crossfit um we are making more investments there we'll continue to do a bunch of work in the tools that we build for our affiliate owners as well um we're doing a bunch of work to optimize our and improve when people sign up for education courses the process now is a little clunky. It's not clear how to get to. We have a lot of drop off in people who start with registering for a course and ultimately closing out. So the team's working on improving that conversion funnel. And so um, we are still relatively early, but lots more to come here. So keep an eye on the member app, keep an eye on the tools that we build for affiliates, keep an eye on how we uh, make it easier to register for courses. Uh, and then there's a lot of work we'll do as well and make it easier for us to upgrade our the kind of content um, that we share on the website itself. Okay. Um, just kind of a question that popped into my head, you know, with a, with a lot of certifications with, with other, you know, other places, you know, whether it be medical field or anything like that, they have continuing education. Mm -hmm. um, have there been any steps as far as in, in, you know, cause you get the level one, you can open up your affiliate, you're in for five years, you know, you have that certificate, you don't have to do anything else. Yeah. Um, has there been any thought or discussion around maybe having something, even a requirement that, Hey, you need to have X amount of continuing education hours, 
um, or points or, you know, however, however you want to grade that to yeah. continue on in your L1 to help promote people from getting stagnant because, you know, you can get your level one and then yeah. you sit there for five years and you never learn anything again, except for what you learned at that point. Yeah, hundred percent. So yes, we, we've, um, we've talked quite a bit about this. So, um, you know, and I think you framed it really well, which is our requirements now bare minimum is you get your L1 and you can kind of park it for five years and do nothing else on the education front. And, yeah. you know, you talk to any, any coach in our community ecosystem, they'll tell you, you're not an expert after that. And there's so much more to learn. So we are looking at what's the most effective way for us to create the right incentives for coaches and make it really easy for coaches to continue to invest in the growth. So we're looking at a few things. So one, the L2 is awesome. Uh, yeah. My opinion, um, at some point, every coach in our community should have their L2. So you get a great foundation in the L1, you get the foundations of our methodology, you get a lot of the principles, then you go back to your affiliates. You know, if you're a new coach and you actually start coaching people and you get experience, the L2 is a great hands-on practical application, coaching guidance, really refining your ability to be a great coach. So we've looked at in part, how do we get more of our coaches across the community right now through the L2? How do we make it easy? Um, how do we create the right incentives to do it? That's one thing that we're looking at right now. Expect in the next year, there will be some changes on that front in service of getting more coaches through the L2. I think if the only thing we did was get the vast majority of our L1s to their L2, that would be a have a massive impact on the quality of the experience throughout the community. So that's one thing we're looking at. The second thing we're looking at is, um, are there additional courses? Are there gaps that exist? The L1 is amazing. The L2 is awesome. But there are some things as we look at what it means to be a great coach that may not be currently within scope of those two courses right now. So we're looking at, should we either supplement them or is there an additional course here that we add to the mix um, uh, that we can give coaches the opportunities to go through? So that's kind of the second track. The mm -hmm. third track then is, as you point out, we've looked at the CEU model. So continuing education credits or units, we have the construct for it right now. So you can get CEUs for taking it. They go credit towards getting your L3 ultimately. Are there things that we can do to create more inventory in terms of courses, more ways to get continuing education, and then create stronger incentives so that more of our coaches are, are actually motivated to get to or required, you could you could argue, um, to, to, to accrue a certain number of, of CEUs. So we're looking at all three of those. There are uh, slightly different trade-offs between all of them. So we're trying sure. to figure out which of those are the, are the right place to start, but 100% in service of, I think the problem you articulate is a real one that we need to work on. Yeah. And, and I think having something in place that either is A, required, or B, goes, you know, it starts chipping away at that L2 um, to kind of get you, or, or all, you know, all your That's CEOs right. chipping you away to the next level. Um kind of a fast track, you know, basically a fast track to get you to your L2. Yep. Uh, I think it would be very important because as those who are lazy with these, those and those who, you know, go get their, go get their L1. Great. They pass the test and now we've set them out on their own and they, you know, don't really have any checkpoints to, That's to be right. able to, to grow and doing themselves a disservice, but also their community. So yeah. One yeah, of the I things that we've, we've also done recently um, is we are, so I mentioned before, we've made some changes to the CrossFit map. So mm -hmm. what we just recently started doing is elevating for an individual affiliate um, coaching credentials. So 
um, for those gyms who are who are investing in in coaches and getting their L2, L3, et cetera, when a new member goes to the map and is looking for a local affiliate, we want to we want the those affiliates to be able to to show that they've made an investment in education. Our hope in that is that creates a stronger incentive for for uh, coaches to kind of level up and a better experience for members. Yeah, and I will say that's actually something that was on the website a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, when I originally got into CrossFit, like eight, nine, maybe ten years ago, I'm losing track of time now. Um, <laughs> but I remember going to the website and you know finding the, finding the gym that I was going to and just looking up each coach. And it was and that was when CrossFit had all these different courses. They had the you know CrossFit football, CrossFit weightlifting, CrossFit you know the kids, and all these different certifications. And you could look and be like, oh yeah, they're level two with. X amount of, of additional, you know, credits and, and, yeah. and certificates. So I think that's a, a great way to look at it. And then you, you go over to another gym and like, Oh, it's, you know, there's just five level ones there. Yeah. Eh, maybe I'll go to the one that's a level two, you know, and that incentivize again, Hey, maybe I should get my level two so that when I show up on the map, I actually look a little bit better than, <laughs> so, you know, some of these other it's, you know, it also becomes marketing at that point. Totally. Exactly. So, well, Don, thank you. I mean, like we, we kind of like ran the gambit. Um, what are, what are, I'll, I'll leave with this. What are three things, um, looking for, you know, the 2024 season, you know, and what we're doing, um, what are three things that you're looking forward to? Um, we'll, we'll say one from CrossFit as a, as a company two as CrossFit as the games and then three, basically open, open concept, whatever, whatever you want it to be. So I'd say for, us as a, as a company, you know, when I think about the most important thing as I look out at next year, um, it's really about being able to demonstrate that we're really moving the needle on, on evolving CrossFit's brand and getting more people into the community. You know, we, we're in this place now, like there's more and more talk and dialogue broadly about the importance of exercise, about the physical benefits, the phys, you know, the, the social benefits, the mental health benefits, like this is a little, maybe a little cheesy, but like the world and society needs CrossFit more than ever. And so for me, the thing I'm most excited about, finally, I think the world is catching up with what this community has known for a long time, which is, Hey, it's not just a workout. Actually, it's a connection. It's a community. It's a sense of belonging. It's doing hard things in the company of others that makes you a more confident, more resilient human being. And I feel like we've been shouting that for a long time and now the rest of the world is waking up, which I think creates this incredible opportunity for us to have such a bigger impact. And so for me, it's the piece that I am most motivated and excited about. And we got hard work to do there and shaping the brand and getting more people in the front door, but it's essential and, and most important when we think about like ultimately the impact you're trying to have for the games. Um, you know, the, this year was, as you mentioned, we learned a lot this year. Um, there were, you know, throughout the season from the open to semis to the games itself, a lot of really high points where the team did an amazing job and a lot of learning opportunities. And um, like every part of our business, the games needs to continue, sport needs to continue to evolve and get better. So how do we build on the things that went well? How do we take a hard look at the parts of the season that were not optimal and make sure that that this next year is better? Fort Worth is going to be awesome. You're going to see some new things in the format, in the experience for athletes, for fans, for the community. Um, so I'm really excited about that. And beyond the games itself, we're going to start to, you're going to see some new things in the overall season. 
um, and how we think about sport that are the initial step towards where we want sport to be four or five years ago, which is ultimately about increasing the number of people around the world who are fans of CrossFit and a part of the community and fans of sport, the number of people we reach and expanding the number of opportunities for members of our community to participate in the sports side of CrossFit, not as a games athlete, but as just the recreational joy of competition and giving people more options. Um, all right. I forgot the third one. What was it, the third it, one? Whatever you want it to be. Whatever I want it to be. Yeah. Um, the, the, the third piece I'd say is I, one of the things we talk about a lot internally is like, look, everything we, um, everything we hope to achieve as a team and as a community start, you know, begins and ends with the, how effectively we operate as a team at HQ. And honestly, I actually, I think it's broader than that. Not only how well we operate as a team, but how well we partner with our community. We've got the benefit of, of athletes and owners and folks in the media space, like folks, owners like Joe, who are hustling to create amazing content to help other owners. Our job is, is to align the community. Like, how do we get everybody moving in the same direction? And that's a really hard task. But I think if we can do that, holy shit, the rate of progress and the impact that we can have in the world is so much more profound than a world in which we're not aligned and we're competing. And there's, so for me, the thing we've made a lot, if I look at where our team is today, you know, a little over a year since I started, gosh, we are so much more aligned and we're executing better and we're having a larger impact, but we're nowhere near where we need to be and how we communicate and how we partner and how we make decisions and how fast we're moving and the rate of improvement in our software and product, all of that needs to get better. So I'm looking, I'm very confident and our biggest responsibility is a year out, we can look back and say, hey, Wax, a year ago, you pushed me on our communication and you were right to, here's how we're doing. And hey, I got a question that it yeah. wasn't obvious that we were investing in product and engineering. That, that question should be answered by virtue of what you've seen from us. So that to me is the most important thing. If we do all that stuff well and the community's working together, like the rest will take care of itself. I love it. Well, it's in a great place. I'm going to let you go, but I have one more idea to pitch by you. Sweet. Um, and an off-season... Uh, I know there's been the invitational in the past, yep. you know, where's the all-stars, but I would love to take a competition like the legends at Rogue that they're about to have yep. and do an off season exhibition where you pair up athletes like CrossFit games, athletes with, and going back to the celebrity pitch with mm -hmm. celebrities, sports stars, you name it, anybody where it's an exhibition, it's not for anything, sure. you know, crazy, you know, any crazy title. We're like not trying to put us on earth. Almost. Yeah, exactly. A pro-am. That's actually what I've, what I've called it. Cool. A pro-am where you team up Rich Froning and, you know, Seth Rollins, we keep throwing his name out here. Um, go grab the rock and see what he can do, yeah. you know, put him with uh, Chandler Smith, call it team America, you know, <laughs> whatever, you know, and, and just grabbing, you know, people for, you know, cause we always speculate on, Oh man, you know, Saquon Barkley from the New York Giants is a beast. He can, he can, he can uh, squat clean over 400 pounds. I'd love to see him in a CrossFit, a CrossFit event. So having something like that, I think would be just fun for the community totally. and build it like a legend, you know, like legends, how they do theirs, where they team up the, you know, team up the people back and forth. I think it would just be fun to see and even pair it up with a competition, you know, if you wanted to, you know, so instead of doing legends, let's do the pro-am there with you know whatever athletes want to you know want to pair up i think it would just be a, a a fun little uh twist on it awesome well i will uh i love it i'll take that back to the team there's some, i'd say there's some stuff in and around that area that we've been thinking about so we'll throw that in the mix 
I love it. Well, Don, as always, thank you. You have an open invitation anytime you want to come on the show. I love to uh, love to see you and and talk to you. And thank you for being the very first person to welcome me to Madison when I got there this year. Um, literally drove up from Florida and walked around the corner, and you were the very. I was first waiting for. I was waiting there for like You're a waiting. day for you to get there. I know. Yeah, it was an 18, 18 to twenty hour drive. Oh man. In a while. <laughs> so, well, thanks for having thank me, man. You. It's always fun. I really appreciate it. Thanks for what you do for the community as well. Thank you very much. All right, buddy. Talk soon. You've been listening to the Wex Appeal Podcast. Get connected by heading to Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok at Wex Appeal Podcast for more bonus buffoonery and to get the full Wex experience. Plus, make sure to subscribe on your podcast app today. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time for more barbells, beats, and buffoonery.